Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks, and welcome today to our midweek Bible study. Let's jump into the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, and let's drop down the verse 17 today and look into the life of the rich young ruler. Praise the Lord. These are some things that you need to know as you are on the path to prosperity and blessing. It's good to have the foundation of God's word in your life so that you always walk in obedience to the Lord. And when I say obedience to the Lord, we're talking also about his commandments, his directives as as found in scripture, as well as those leadings the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask that as we jump into your word today, that your word would jump off the page and grab us, take a hold of us, arrest us, and transform us into the image of Jesus. Father, we depend upon the help and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Let him be active in our lives right now, that we can see this and grasp it, and really apply it to our lives and our walk with you today. Thank you, Father. Thank you in Jesus' name. And we all say, Amen. Mark chapter 10, verse 17. Now, as he was going out on the road, that would be Jesus. He did a lot of road trips, a lot of walking, and a whole lot of talking. Praise God. As he was going out on the road, one came running, knelt before him, and asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life. Everybody wants to go to heaven, <laughs> right? Even, even people that aren't living right, they, they would like to go to heaven. I, I mean, who wouldn't, right? When it's, uh, when you just get brief descriptions about it, it's a place that everybody would like to go to, but you have to qualify. And Jesus has made it possible. He's the one that qualified. So if you want to go, uh, he qualified for you. So you put your faith and trust in him. He is the only mediator between God and man. It's not the Pope. It's not a priest. It's not anybody else on the face of the earth. It's Jesus. He's enough. He's all, he's everything at the cross. When he laid his life down right at the very end, he said, it is accomplished. It is finished. There's nothing else left to do. So he has qualified for us. And if you put your faith and trust in him, then you become qualified in him. Praise the Lord. It really is easy to become born again. Just receive Christ into your heart. Turn from your sins. Turn to God. Praise God. And receive uh, and inherit eternal life. But you have to be willing You have to be willing to turn to the Lord. I think that we're in a time right now where the church has some challenges in various areas. I think one of the areas that the church has a challenge today is that, of course, everybody wants to go to heaven. Uh, Really, who wants to go to hell? I mean, nobody wants to roast, (laughs) right? (laughs) Glory to God. So a lot of people want Jesus to be their Savior. But really, you need to make him your Lord also. In other words, it's not just, you know, Lord, save me. I want to go to heaven. I certainly don't want to go to hell. But there also needs to be a surrender of your life. And that's really, it's a package deal. Praise God. Now, I know that as a Christian, there's levels of submission. There's levels of 
allowing Jesus to be Lord over your life, where uh, some things today that we've mastered when we were young in the Lord, uh, we, you know, we had a hard time letting go of some things, but eventually with the help of the Lord, we were able to allow the Lord to be Lord literally in our lives over that situation, that trial, that maybe a former temptation. And now you can truly say Christ is Lord. And so, uh, it's an ongoing process, but I do believe there needs to be an initial surrender where you say to the Lord, Lord, I want you to save me and I'm willing to the best of my ability to serve you and live for you and turn from anything that would be displeasing to you. So up front, if there's not that commitment, uh, you know, there's no need to, uh, you know, really engage the Lord in a conversation. If a person is not really willing uh, to surrender and come to terms with God, praise God. Hallelujah. He is the King of Kings. And you know, I'm not questioning anybody's salvation because that's something only the Lord knows. But if a person wants to say they're saved, but then just live a life that uh, is blatantly against scripture, you, you do have to kind of wonder, I wonder if that person's even born again. It's not like you're going to question them about it. But when a person says, oh, I'm a Christian, because I think today in society, even, uh, you know, I think about certain politicians they, they say that their lives are right with God. They actually claim to be deeply religious people. And then they turn around and they support things or have ideologies that are completely contrary to the word of God. And so the Bible is very clear on certain things, very clear on marriage, marriage between man and a woman. The Bible is very clear on homosexuality, that it is a sin and that it's, it's wrong in the eyes of God and it's morally wrong just as stealing is wrong, just as adultery is wrong, just as murder is wrong. There are other things that are laid out in the word of God where God says this is wrong. And you know that you have to have a moral code. If you don't have a guideline, such as the 10 commandments or, or, or something to give you uh, guidance in life, then, then everybody can just make up their own rules. And maybe somebody wants to have a rule that says stealing is okay. Well, then, then society begins to break down very quickly. I'm thinking right now about a former U.S. president um, who uh, is known to teach Sunday school uh, every morning. Uh, not every morning, but every Sunday morning. He teaches Sunday school. Some of you know who I'm talking about. Well, this former president who for many years has taught Sunday school uh, at a Baptist church uh, has now come out and said that he thinks that homosexual marriage is okay. He thinks that Jesus would endorse it and would bless it if he were here today. Well, now uh, hold on just a moment. What about scripture that clearly says that we even have Sodom and Gomorrah as an example to look back on for those that would practice uh, such sins? Uh, what do we do with all these scriptures that say homosexuality is a sin in the eyes of God? What do we do with these things? Well, you, you have to take Christ as Savior and Lord. Lord means that when God says this is the way it is, you submit to his lordship. You, uh, you submit to his word. If, if you can't submit to his word, then you're, not, you're certainly not submitting to him. Very interesting concept. Very interesting because today it seems like a lot of people want to go to heaven. 
a lot of people will say Jesus is their savior. And, uh, but then they, they hold to all kinds of things that would clearly indicate that, uh, Hey, we have a major contradiction going on here. So, uh, that, that's what's going on in the church today in some areas. I think there are those, of course, that are rock solid. You know, uh, for instance, this one former president who came out and made this statement. We, we knew he was, how can we say, theologically liberal and flaky all the time. But, you know, uh, he used to be in the Southern Baptist Association. Well, the Southern Baptist said, you know, well, we certainly don't agree with you uh, teaching that marriage is, you know, can be between a woman and a woman and a man and a man. We don't believe that. We believe the Bible. So, well, this former president had to leave the Southern Baptist uh, Association. I don't know who he belongs to now, but you know what? You, if you want Jesus to be your Lord, you have to do what he says. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Everybody wants eternal life. <laughs> and so there's, there's guidelines. There's a moral code. The Lord briefly goes over it. Let's look at verse 19. You know the commandments. That's what he told him. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. By the way, the moral code of the law is it's not uh, negotiable. You just can't go out and think, well, I've got a new, I've got a new, um, I've got a new idea. I think murder should be okay. And you just go out swinging an ax around, killing as many people as you can. That's never going to fly. That's never going to be accepted. There's something where people know that that's something about this is wrong. We shouldn't be murdering each other. There's, there's something about it that's wrong. Yes. Why is it wrong? Because God said it was, if God said it's wrong, it's wrong praise the Lord. And so the Lord just covers the basic understanding to make sure, you know, let's just cover the basics. If you're, if you're missing on the basics, uh, there's no need to go really any further with it. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. A very, very dangerous thing to bear false witness about somebody. And of course, you know, we've had the, uh, Supreme Court case with the, you know, new Supreme Court justice being all of that kind of be what being weighed in the eyes of the American people. You have to be very, very careful with anything about a false witness. And you have to go very slow with that because if that person is lying uh, and that person who's being accused cannot defend themselves, well, it just really comes down to the fact, is there evidence of, or not? If there's no evidence, then uh, really there's nothing you can do about it. But you can slander somebody and you could, you could be a false witness and accuse somebody and be lying the whole time. There's some very polished liars out there. And, um, you know, you know, I've got my own, my own viewpoints on my, how can I say my own take on the, the case, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a preacher. So I'm going to pretty much stick to the scriptures because if you stick to the scriptures, you, you just begin to see through all kinds of uh, baloney. There's so much baloney out there. Mm. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. Do not bear false witness. And there are people who do that. There are people that will bear false witness. I saw him do that. He did that to me. She did that to me. And the whole thing can be an absolute total lie. Well, that sounds horrible what that person is being accused of. We need to, we need to just take them out and lynch them. Oh, well, you could have just killed a variant. You could have killed uh, an innocent person, an innocent person. 
So when people make accusations, it really needs to be ran through the judicial system. And don't jump the gun. Um, I like what it says in Proverbs. The first to go and present their case seems right until the second one comes along. <laughs> and then the second one comes along, and you're like, well, I'm sure glad I didn't go crazy after when I heard the first person, because now the second one comes along and completely unravels everything the first person said. So uh, th- these are very serious things. False witness, just as, just as you have to take it just as serious as you shall not murder, you shall not steal. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay. Now let's continue on. Do not defraud. Honor your father and your mother. So the Lord's just, you know, talking to the, the, this young guy who wants to inherit eternal life and just kind of going over to the basics. There's no need for us getting into the advanced stuff. If you're not really keeping the ABCs. So the 10 commandments, um, will always be around. You shall not take the Lord's name in vain. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. It was wrong when God gave the law to Moses for somebody to break those commandments. It was wrong during the Lord's time for somebody to steal. And 10,000 years from now, stealing will still be wrong. Why? Because God said it was. And if God says homosexuality is a sin and it's wrong, then it is. Well, our society and our culture doesn't agree with that. Well, the book is right and they are wrong. Praise the Lord. This is my prayer for the church. My prayer for the American church is that God strengthen the faith of the American church and God give boldness back to the American church. Because if you begin to bow to cultural trends, what happens if the cultural trends just plunge off the cliff and the next thing you know, society is saying it's okay for a 70 year old man to marry a four year old girl. Well, pastor Stephen, we don't want to upset, you know, uh, society. What if society is completely corroded and has decayed so bad that you know, if you just go along with that, next thing you know, you're in the mud with them. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That's why we have commandments. That's why we have a moral code, the highest code, which is that of agape love. Agape love is a selfless love. Love God and love others. If you love others, you will not steal from them. If you love others, you're not going to murder them. And if you love God, you're going to keep his commandments. Praise the Lord. Verse 20, and he answered and said to him, teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. Then Jesus looking at him, loved him. So the Lord saw sincerity. The Lord saw willingness and the Lord's not trying to wreck his happy moment. The Lord the Lord is not, you know, thinking, well, let's make it hard for him. No, the Lord's not like that at all. The Lord's just trying to help him, trying to help him get into the kingdom, trying to help him get into the kingdom. Praise God. Woo. Thank you, Lord Jesus. He's going to try to help him out. He says, one thing you lack, one thing you lack. Now, the one thing that the Lord is going to point out to him does it mean that you have this thing in your life? 
because we're all we're all different and it could have been if somebody else would have come up the Lord could have addressed somebody else differently and the Lord could have said well you don't have one thing you've got about 22 things or the Lord could have stopped many of them just by going through you know the initial list and some of people would have would have not they would have broken that and the Lord said well you need to get this right you know you you, you can't receive eternal life if you're going to continue being a thief <laughs> you know <laughs> you can't steal and say I want to have eternal life <laughs> praise the Lord so the Lord is dealing with an individual and he sees by the Holy Spirit Jesus sees that there's an issue in this man's life and if you if you break it down what the issue is is this young man does not understand how faith works Abraham is the father of faith God chose Abram out of the Ur of the Chaldees in a culture where they worship the moon and calls him out of a pagan society with a family lineage of, of moon worship and brings him into a covenant relationship with God that is based upon faith taking God at his word believing his word standing on his word and then seeing God bring the promises the pass praise the Lord so if you want to come into the kingdom you have to come into an understanding of how God works God's not trying to take something away from this man to deprive this young man he's actually trying to get a revelation over to him of how the kingdom works and if he will begin to work the kingdom principles then he can know how to please God. He can go on and uh, he can be blessed, but um, you, you have to do it the Lord's way. Sometimes people, they want to come into eternal life. They, they want to go to heaven. Who doesn't, right? But they want to come in on their terms. And then they want to tell God how it needs to be done. But there needs to be a humility. There needs to be a uh, receiving Christ, not only as Savior, but also as Lord and a, a willing to follow him and serve him his way the way that he wants to do it because he knows more and he is the most high God the 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 arrogance of unsaved man of where we think we know more than God of where we should instruct God coach God tell him this is the way it should be done <laughs> praise the Lord hallelujah even as ministers we have to be careful we have to be careful I have a a minister friend he was praying for um, he was praying for a young girl who had just given her heart to Christ I think she was only about 12 years old but she she had um, she had no eyeballs in her in her um, in her eye sockets there there was nothing there just you know just a gap in that in that area and this was in a Muslim community she had received Christ as her Lord and Savior and uh, she wanted prayer and so this apostle friend of mine laid his hands on her her empty eye sockets and prayed for her and God began to form eyeballs and he watched he said it looked like like little blue uh, swimming pools little pools begin to form and I, I can't remember the country he told me this it was in like uh, maybe it was in one of these uh, islands off the coast of Indonesia I think that was where it was at because there's over a thousand islands these all these small inhabited islands off the coast of Indonesia 
He's from Australia, and of course, that's not too far away from Indonesia. He's one on one of those islands ministering. Okay, so he told me that he, he he's prayed for her, and uh, the eyeballs begin to form, and they begin to form, and the, you know the center of the eye or the colored part of the eye begins to form, and it's blue. So she's standing there with brand new eyeballs. She can she's starting to realize she can see, and and he he's kind of stunned and overwhelmed by God's creative power. And he stops for a moment, and because the eyes are blue, everybody else has, uh, uh, I can't remember if there's brown or black eyes. And he says, uh, Lord, um, Lord, you got, the, you got the eye color wrong. <laughs> and then now, as if God makes a mistake, right? The Lord said, no, I got it right. And, and my friend said, well, Lord, she's going to stick out like a sore thumb. She's got, blue, she's, got, she's got blue eyes. Everybody else has different colored eyes. The Lord said, I did it on purpose. Because everywhere she goes, people are going to ask her, why do you have blue eyes? But yet still have the same skin, still have the, all the native uh, identifications of everybody else, uh, you know. So how do, they're going to be like, how do you have blue eyes? So it'll be, a, it'll be a testimony and a conversation everywhere she goes. In other words, the Lord said, I got the eye colors right. I know what, I know what I'm doing. Praise the Lord. Well, Jesus said to him, one thing you lack. Go your way, sell whatever you have, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come take up the cross and follow me. Now remember, this is what the Lord spoke to him. He's not telling you to do that, unless he specifically tells you to do that. Because uh, I'm just going to take it for granted that you don't have the problem that he had. If you had the problem that he had, I don't know what the Lord would say to you, but then again, we don't need to try to come up with something. Just the Lord deals with us on individual basis. But this man, this young man had a problem of not knowing how the kingdom of heaven works. The kingdom. And the Lord is expressing the kingdom. Every kingdom has a king over it. And within that kingdom, there is a way that the kingdom is run. And as you begin to live in that kingdom, you begin to understand, wow, this is very different from the world system that is out there. Okay, so let's jump into it more. Go your way, sell whatever you have, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Come take up the cross and follow me. But he was sad at this word. There shouldn't be any word that Jesus speaks to you that ever makes you sad. If it does, it's hitting your flesh nature. Do you see what I'm saying? Woo! It's, it's the word that brings needed correction. If it's making you sad, it's because it's touching that area that is struggling to let go of the grasping and the striving. And uh, that's what the Lord is touching on purpose. The Holy Spirit knew that, revealed that to Jesus. Jesus goes after it, says you've got this one thing, and touches that one thing. Praise God. God's not trying to bankrupt this guy. God's not trying to strip this guy and humiliate this guy. God's trying to set this man free. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God's trying to get him off of a system of doing it in his own ability and get him over into this method the same way that God taught Abraham of walk by faith. Trust me. 
trust me I will lead you into the land of blessing God God shared those things with Abraham Abraham believed God and became the father of nations and this is the father of a multitude all of it came out of a relationship where a man chose to believe God and so when God tells you to do something and if you view that as being something sad or oh no something's wrong with your heart something is wrong with your heart the Lord so the Lord's coming right after this thing Woo! glory to God Uh, and so it says verse 22 but he was sad at this word and went away sorrowful oh oh just sad moaning and groaning says it says for he had great possessions so the Lord told him you know uh, he said sell whatever you have give to the poor and this guy goes away he doesn't obey the Lord he goes away sorrowful and he's thinking that to do this in his eyes is in his is his concept a worldly concept he thinks it's a loss he thinks it's a setback he thinks that doesn't make any sense give give it away give it away hmm interesting there's there's a lot of people that they allow money to control them his says the disciples were astonished at his words but Jesus answered again and said to them in verse 24 children how hard it is for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God what is the kingdom of God it's God's way of doing things not mine not yours but his and it's revealed in his word and if you'll line up with his way you'll be blessed it's a way of faith of taking him at his word and trusting him and saying God I hear I can read it I see it I'm going to obey it even if it goes against society norms even if it goes against what's popular in culture God this is your word this is the path the blessing I'm going to take it the blessing of the Lord makes rich and God has no sorrow with it because there's a lot of people with wealth they're lost in their sins they don't know God life is very short even if you live to be 90 or 100 it goes by fast and if you don't have your life right with God you're going to be in a you're going to be in a mess you're going to be in a mess you need Christ he's the only way to get to heaven Woo! hallelujah praise God praise the Lord children how hard it is for those who trust in riches to enter to get into the kingdom of God to get into God's way of doing things and, and Abraham was a man that says, Lord, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. And God made him rich. Why? He did it God's way. God's not trying to take anything away from this young man. God's trying to get this young man free of doing it the world's way and get him over here on a covenant platform of faith that ties you in into a covenant that's sealed with blood that has to work if you work it because you know God will validate his end God will do his part Woo! praise God hallelujah thank you Lord Jesus now this is one of the verses 
that the young man, St. Francis of Assisi, going back in time over 800 years ago, read this in the Bible. And God spoke to him that he needed to let go of his father's inheritance. Why? Because if Francis wanted to get all that money that his rich father had through a business of, of merchandising and, um, you know, he had all these beautiful cloths and, uh, um, he was very, very wealthy. His father was. And so in order to get that inheritance, his father insisted that he do it, uh, that he do what he wants his son to do. Well, his son wanted to serve the Lord. Oh no, son, you don't need to do that. You need to come over here and do business with me and be involved in merchandising and the mercantile industry and, and uh, make a lot of money and help me manage all this money we've got. Dad, I want to serve God. Well, you can go serve God, but you can't have any of my money. See, you see the control? You see the control? Mm. And if you play that game and you get you get wealth that way, you're not now you're now you're obligated to honor that master. You can't serve two masters. It's either going to be God or it's going to be something over here in this system of mammon that manipulates you that that demands your loyalty. And so uh, the man that became known as St. Francis of Assisi was a man that realized, you know what? I can't serve God and my father because my father is demanding my loyalty to him in order to get the inheritance and tap into all of this wealth. And he said, if I'm going to serve God, I am going to have to completely dismiss myself. Watch this watch this. I'm going to have to completely dismiss myself and cut myself off from the family inheritance. And he did it. And his father thought he was crazy. Uh, all the locals thought he was crazy. They did tell him you've lost your mind, but he went with the Lord. What did the Lord do? What did the Lord do? Oh, I'm sure pastor Stephen, that the Lord just struck him down and and humbled him and, and made life horrible for him. Did you know that within a short period of time, St. Francis of Assisi had raised up over 5,000 ministers to preach the gospel all over Europe and Kings and royalty poured wealth into his ministry. Now, he kept the money moving out because he wanted the money to be used to bless and empower people. And I, I don't agree with Francis theology of taking a vow of poverty, but what he did in the sincerity of his heart was he was at least willing to dismiss himself from the control from the control and putting his faith in a monetary system of the world and saying, God, I'm going to trust you. And God allowed tremendous wealth to pour into his ministry. Yes, he did that. That if you want to, I, I know some people think is uh, St. Francis as being th this little impoverished preacher. Well, go to Italy today and visit Assisi and look at the cathedral that's built there on the place of where that little church was 
that he originally began to minister uh, with, that he began to rebuild and so forth. You want to see a ministry that wealth poured into? Why? He got into the kingdom. He got into the kingdom. He got into the kingdom. Children, how hard it is for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God. How hard it is who trust those who trust in their money to sow a seed, to tithe, and to get into God's way of doing things. Why? They think it's loss. They think if I'm tithe, I'm, I'm giving away a 10% of my income. That, that's crazy. That's crazy. No, that's crazy in your system. Over here in God's system, over here in God's way of doing things, that's how His kingdom works. You give him the 10%, he'll bless your 90%, and he'll so bless your 90% that it'll go beyond any, anything you ever could have done of your own with your own 100%. And there's so many other benefits besides that, but the main thing is eternal life. Eternal life, you're born again. Money is not your Lord. Christ is your Lord. And now you're serving the Lord. And now the blessing begins to work. And you're like, oh, God, I'm so glad that I trust you. I'm so glad that I trust you. Now, there are some good Christians. They do love God from the perspective of they love him as Savior. But when it comes to their money, that's that's hands off, Lord. (laughs) That's my thing. It's like the chamber of their heart that involves their finances is locked and is completely closed. What happens when you do that to the Lord? There will be an area of your life of barrenness. There will be an area of your life where the anointing will not touch. And there will be an area of your life that's unfruitful and you can still be saved and you can still go to heaven, but there will be an area of your life that's stripped barren, stripped barren, you stand before the mirror and look at yourself in the mirror and you know you can't hide from it you know in your heart that you have not released that area to God it's an area that you have reserved because you don't trust the Lord in that area and because of that there is an area of total sterility it's completely sterile in that area Woo! so Jesus wants to be Savior and Lord and Lord, the closer you get to him, the closer you get to him, the more, the, the more surrendered you must be to him as Lord over all, over all. I know what it is. And my wife does too. We both know what it is to be in a meeting. The spirit of the Lord is moving and the spirit of God speak to us to empty an account and put it into the offering and see it go into the offering, the offering basket pass and leave, and you're thinking, wow, whoo, hallelujah, Lord, this is a walk of faith. Look, as a Christian, you can permanently end your days of jumping off 600-foot radio towers with a bungee cord attached to your ankle so that you can experience a rush. You don't have to jump out of an airplane at 40,000 feet and, and skydive and let the parachute open to get a rush. Oh, no, no. You, you don't have to do any of that stuff. You don't, you don't have to do any of this extremism, thrill-seeker stuff. No. Just come into the kingdom. 
and you'll have all the thrills of faith that you could ever want. (laughs) Hallelujah. Children, how hard it is for those who trust in riches to enter into God's way of doing things. Where's God trying to take this young man? Into a place of trust and reliance upon God. And then out of that, God would bless him. He would see the Psalm 112 blessing come upon his life. He would see the Abrahamic blessing kick in with power, true blessing in his life, where you sleep good at night, knowing that you're blessed and that your money is righteous money. Woo, glory to God. Sure feels good. Sure feels good. Hallelujah. So my friends, I I think a lot of people have misinterpreted this scripture. They think that God wants you to be poor. See there, Pastor Stephen, God told him to give everything away. Yep, because of his lack of faith and trust in God as provider. And so Jesus is trying to set him free from that. All Jesus ever did, everywhere he went and everything he did was just trying to help people, trying to bless people, trying to get people connected to God, trying to get people blessed and help, trying to help people get into a position of victory. That's all he's trying to do. He is trying to help this young man. He's not trying to destroy this young man. He's trying to get this young man delivered. Woo, praise the Lord. At any time you, you follow the Lord, you yield to the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you for certainty, there is blessing on the other side. I, as I said earlier, I know what it is to sow a seed. I'm talking sacrificial seed. Sometimes have sown it all and see it leave. And then thinking, Lord, I trust you. And Lord, that was a sacrifice to do that. But Lord, I know what's happening on the other side. There's a blessing coming and Lord, it will not be delayed and it will not be long in coming. Lord, there's something coming. That's going to put a smile on my face. That's going to make that seed look so small that I sowed because the harvest is going to be so much larger than the seed. I'm so glad that I obeyed you and I have seen God do it. I feel compassion for those that just won't step out in faith. I feel compassion for them because I know they're missing it. They are missing God's best and they hold back and they play it safe all the time and they analyze everything. They scrutinize everything and they say, it doesn't add up. It doesn't add up. And I have to be honest with you. I don't know if true faith in God will ever add up. I don't really even know. I can't even explain how faith in God is Savior. I, I can't even explain how putting your faith in Christ on the cross. I, I, I can't explain how all of that, that if you do that, you'll be born again. But I'll tell you this, it works because the Bible says, whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And if you do it, You'll be saved, and you don't have to understand it. You just need to do it. And if you'll just step out and trust God, you'll see it's working, it's working, and then God puts the blessing on you and honors your faith, and you begin to see it's working, it's working. You step out to operate in the gifts of the Spirit, and something begins to happen. Maybe not a lot, but something begins to happen. And the more you do it, the the more fluent it becomes. The more you reach out and share the love of Christ with people, the the better the response gets. God begins touching on hearts begin sending people across your path the more you begin to step into this kingdom which works by faith the more you begin to understand this is really the way to live hallelujah there is a time you must step out and trust God and he didn't do it he didn't do it he didn't do it and he missed a blessing 
He missed a blessing. Anytime God gives you an instruction, and if you think that's making you sad, then you know that's an area of your flesh that needs to get crucified. That young man should have, he should have said, Lord, he said, I got a lot of stuff. This is what he should have done. Lord, I got a lot of stuff, but just give me 24 hours and I'm going to unload it. I'm going to put it, I'm going to put it on eBay. I'm going to put it on Craigslist. I'm going to sell all of it. I'm going to have a big garage sale tonight and it's, I'm unloading everything. I'm taking all the proceeds. I'm going to give it to the poor and I'm catching back up with you and I'm traveling with you. I'm hitting the road with you. And he would have gone down as a great in history, as a legend in history. Not one of the original 12, because the 12 positions are already filled, but there's a lot of other things that still need to be done. And there's a lot of other assignments, and he could have gone down as a father of the faith. Oh, he missed it, he missed it, he missed it, he missed it. But of course, of course, the gears are turning in Peter's mind. He's watching all of this. The, the other apostles are standing there too. What are they thinking? Hey, Lord, Lord, what he missed and what he failed to respond to, we responded to it. Lord, he walked away from you. We dropped our nets and followed you. What's in it for us? Pastor Steve, well, that's selfish to ask God what's in it for you. Selfish? I think it's common sense. Pastor Stephen, nobody should do that. You should, you should never ask. Really? What kind of a person would go to, go to a job, sit down in the human resource department, interview, interview for the job, and say, I want the job. And they say, well, we haven't even discussed the pay and the benefit. Oh, I'm not interested in it. I don't even care if it pays a minimum wage. I don't even care if it pays $8 an hour. I want the job. What kind of a person would do something like that? The human resource person would probably think, uh, uh, we, we don't need to hire a person like this if they don't, even, they don't even want to know how much they're going to make. Everybody does. Every, that's why you go for that position. That's why you go to that company. Why? Because you're looking for this much salary or hourly wage, annual pay. That's why you're going there. You want to be paid that amount. Praise the Lord. And, and Peter presents that to Jesus, and Jesus understands that the laborer is worthy of his hire. Understands that, yes, if, if you're going to invest, you're going to be a part in this, absolutely, there's something coming back to you. My friends, when the seed leaves your hand, when you sow the sacrificial seed, you have not lost you have gained access into the kingdom. When you tithe, you haven't just given away something. You have invested into the kingdom, and your provision and your well-being is secured, and you will stand at the forefront. You will walk in the blessing. So it's time to rejoice and look for your harvest. Praise God. Then Peter began to say to him, See, we have left all and followed you. So Jesus answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time. Some translations say now in this lifetime. Pastor Stephen will get it when we go to heaven. You will have rewards in heaven. But while you're here, you still need the blessing of the Lord to be upon your life. You still need it in your life here. 
you need here the hundredfold return who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time. What is the hundredfold? God's very best return upon your seed, upon your obedience, upon your willingness to engage in his kingdom transactions, his kingdom activity, his way of doing things. And you do that. He'll put the hundredfold. It'll be all over you. It was all over Abram, all over Abram. The Philistines even said, you're blessed. They even stood back and looked at Abram and said, you are blessed by God. Pastor Stephen, they must have seen a blue hue over him. No, they saw blessing. They saw wealth. They saw prosperity. They saw servants. They saw all this livestock. They saw his business flourishing. Hundreds of servants. And they said, you are blessed by God. I prophesy over your life that people will stand back and they will say about you that you are blessed by God. You are blessed by God. Don't forget the Philistines were envious of him. They were even in some aspects, even almost like an enemy to him, but they still looked at him and said, whew, you sure are blessed. Mm -mm. May that be your portion. May that be your portion that as you step into the kingdom of God by faith, that as you release and let go of your own way of doing things of, of thinking you've got it all figured out and you come over on kingdom turf, kingdom soil and say, Jesus, you are Christ, you are savior, you are Lord. I now begin to operate on the way that you work it. Lord, I'm going to I'm going to step into multiplication. I'm going to step into blessing and I'm not losing anything. I'm gaining everything. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So when the Lord speaks an instruction to you, it's never for your loss. It is always for your profit. He has your blessing and your profit and your abundance on his mind with anything that he tells you to do. Woo! Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Father, I lift up your people right now. May they engage in 100-fold activity. May they engage in kingdom protocol, kingdom living, walking by faith, walking by faith, following the leading of your spirit, following the guidance of your word, knowing that your word is, is, is the truth that settles every issue. So we thank you, Father God. We thank you, Father God, in the name of Jesus. Father, for those that are watching today that have struggled with making Christ their Lord, who have held back on the Lord and have been disobedient because they have not, they have not followed that path that the Lord has called them to walk, maybe because they're afraid of being persecuted, maybe because they think it, 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 it will lead to loss. Lord, let that lie be exposed as being a, the lie that it is. And let them finally let go of the weights of the deception of the enemy and move into the abundant life that you have for them, which is established on a platform of the covenant that is just as sure as cold and heat, daytime and nighttime, summertime and wintertime. Lord, it's just as assured of working as those things are. So we thank you, Father God, that we come into the place like Abraham of trusting you and walking with you by faith. Now, Father, we thank you.
We thank you in the name of Jesus that this is a message of freedom and liberation for your people. We thank you, Father God. We receive the word of the Lord by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If there's anybody who's watching me and you have already received past instructions, but you, you obeyed, the Lord will take you right back to that point and you need to do what he told you to do. And if you will do that, there will be grace to make up for lost time. But if you keep putting it off, it can actually be that there can be a chapter close on your life. And um, some things they pass and they cannot, they cannot be recaptured. You must move on. Doesn't mean, doesn't mean that God still can't bless you, but you need to walk with the Lord in keen obedience to all that he directs you to do. And there's a great, there's grace to do it right now. Praise God. And for those of you that have been obedient, there's harvest on the way for you that is going to overwhelm you. I see it coming. It's going to overwhelm you. Be ready to move forward in the grace and in the blessing of God. All it takes one touch from God and that touch is coming. I'm telling you, your harvest is coming in. Praise the Lord. Let's take communion together today. Please grab some unleavened bread and some grape juice. God has his prosperity on your mind, your, your prosperity on his mind, your abundance on his mind. I see Psalm 112 verse three assigned to you. Wealth and riches will be in your house. Woo. I'm telling you, people are going to say you're blessed. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for the bread and the juice. We consecrate it. We bless it. This is now the flesh and the blood of Christ, our Lord and Savior. Father, we receive the body of Jesus. We receive his promises. We step into your kingdom, your way of doing things, and we rejoice. We rejoice in the truth that you know what you're doing. You are setting us up for blessing. Father, we receive now the body of Jesus. Amen. Father, we thank you that through the shed blood of Christ, we now have a covenant of eternal life. And Lord, we thank you that we also have access into prosperity and blessing, healing for our bodies, longevity for our lives, and blessing upon all that we do. Father, we thank you that we receive the blood of Jesus by faith accessing all of your promises by faith. And we thank you that like our father Abraham, we walk by faith and not by sight. We give you all of the praise in Jesus name. Amen. Let's drink. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Come in deeper to the Lord. Allow him to be the sovereign King and ruler over your life. He will take you higher and higher and higher as you kneel before him and just commit to following his word and his plan for your life. Don't ever violate his word. You will frustrate the blessing because that will give the enemy legal access to frustrate the blessing. Always follow and obey his word. It is the path to prosperity and blessing and you're on it. And it's going to get brighter and brighter as you travel it. Father, bless your people in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for watching. I'll see you back next time. Bye-bye. 
For more information about the ministry of Apostle Stephen Brooks, visit our website at stephenbrooks.org.